Now, the ALI is administered online. It is not a paper survey. And in order to do this, what Noel Levitz as our partner, whoever is going to be heading up this effort, would just need to contact Noel Levitz and then um, talk, submit the um, customized items um, for the survey, and they will drop those into the survey. Then, in order to administer this, each student has, is, is given a password to get into the survey. What happens is that no limits, you can create your own invitation um, to participate in the, in, this, um, in the inventory. You can send out the notification saying, we're starting the survey, would you please complete this? That there's a web address embedded in that invitation along with a passcode for that student. And what the student does is they take that passcode, type it, go, go into the web, type in their passcode, and that gives them access to the survey. Um, no Levitz has a service so that if you design what you want your students to see, they will send it out for you, and uh, it will look like it's coming from your division. So there's no way the students will know that it's coming from No Levitz. Um, now, let me just, I don't need to get into this if this is not an issue for you. Do you, uh, do your students have um, email addresses? Yes. I would imagine they do. And how, what is your sense of how much they use them or um, are used to responding via your, their Penn State email addresses, um, interacting think, with them? I uh, think it's been growing progressively. Uh, I don't know that I can... We've, we've been taking a pretty proactive stand in trying to get them to use mm -hmm. that Penn State account, it, if only to go in and sign up to have that account forwarded to their, their Yahoo or Hotmail oh, or okay. something, because that's the address that the university is using to communicate with them about their bill and about other mm -hmm. things. So we've been in our newsletter, on our website, and communications <coughs> with the students and talking to them on the telephone, we've been really trying to reinforce as many times as possible the importance of going in and doing that because they're missing, uh, just from by the virtue of what they're calling and asking, they're missing stuff that's coming to them through the Penn State email address. Right. So. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's that's good because that will have an impact on, obviously, right. um, yeah. your response rate. Now that doesn't mean there isn't some things you can do if they're not checking their Penn State, it can drive them to mm -hmm. their Penn State address. Right. Um, and we, we'd actually talked about in terms of uh, publicizing this, doing things like post postcards and tell, you know, telling them emails, postcards, everything that we can possibly do, not, I'm sorry, getting, hitting them through snail mail or anything that we can do, going into their classrooms as well. We were gonna show up with, you know, go in with pizza and have it part of the of their class that night to do the survey and, and really trying to proactively do everything that we can to get them to participate in the survey. Great. Well, that's really the next section. So right. we sorry, sorry. Before we go, there are we have wireless on campus. Mm -hmm. Does anybody know? Different, so different places. It's not everywhere. Mm -hmm. no, buildings, individual buildings. And, and sometimes you you know have to have your VPN client and you have to have be given special permission to access um, from there. I think places like the hub maybe in some of the classrooms are. Some of the classrooms maybe not, like Keller Building. Um, but I think in some of the general classrooms, 
Have you found that where you in? I haven't used it in Thomas Building. I, I've used it personally in the hub in the library. Right. I would think certain areas like that. We, we had talked about this issue ahead of time because we are, um, we're part of EduVentures, you know what that group is? Mm -hmm. And um, they wanted to do, in fact, did a uh, survey of students in the fall in November. And I think it was November, wasn't it? November? And we were concerned because we're going to come back out with this. Mm -hmm. And at that time we talked about, well, let's just go to classes and ensure that they do it there, is what we talked about. Because I think there was something in one of the pieces you mm -hmm. guys sent out that said doing something that, like that, of course, yeah. would help guarantee <laughs> response right. rates. Right, right, right. right. But and your question about do they have access to computers to do it right there in the classroom. Right, that's sort of the issue. Um, well, let me back up one step, because this might influence, okay. um, it may not, but Maybe we should just spend a few minutes talking about your adult learner population. You know, who, who it is that you're going to survey, how you're going to figure out who they are. Because you sure you're going to on this And the other reason I'm saying we couldn't just go into how you're going to do outreach, well, let me just say this. You can see here, response rates are 20 to 25% with students that have email. Um, and that's assuming that you're not going into a classroom and having everybody and your response rates could be much higher. But I, I, my, the reason I'm, I'm wondering if we might not want to talk about who, who is your adult <coughs> population is that may influence what you can and can't do, although maybe you've already talked about this. Can I ask a question before we go there? Sure. In your um, experience when you have done these adult learning inventories, what's been the size of the student body that you have reached out to? And so, What's the other 80% or what's the total size? It all depends on the size of the institution. And we have a range, anywhere from 100 to 20,000. Well, if you, if you have an institution that only has, like, say, 2,000 students, then the number would be very different if you had an institution that has 10,000 students. Um, so what you want to do is you would want to have, coming back to you, at least 100 responses. You know, well, even that, it all depends on the size. So if you have 100 responses out of 10,000 students, that's not very robust. So, one, which is one of the reasons why we want to let people know about this 20 to 25% response rate. Um, because you want to try to target as many students as you can in order to get as many responses as you can. See, we, we have about 500 to 700 student, adult students a semester. That's minus and that based on student credit out of rates, okay? Um, so, uh, for reasons that we won't go into, <laughs> we can't always exactly tell you that who those people are. And uh, in addition, because of this issue of taking different kinds of courses, World Campus, resident in our courses, and they're moving around all the time. Um, it's another reason why it's hard to say, well, who, are, who exactly are your students? So part of the reason why we talked about going to classes is we know those students sitting in that classroom are taking our courses. <laughs> right. So that would be a way to get at them, and it was also a way to deal with this response rate issue, because if we just send emails out to five to 700 per people and we get a 20% response rate, we're going to get 100 to 
150 people, mm -hmm. and we want more than that. Right. Excuse me, Wayne. Is this is this focused on the CD population? Yeah. Okay, and that's going to be the initial. Yeah, the initial cut. So, yeah. what are the criteria to be a adult student? I think that would be important to talk about. In a degree, I can. Well, I mean, I know. I mean, but to be I'm included in the survey. Adult, I think well, we're going to include any part-time student in our class because they're operating as an adult student is what they're doing. Okay. In, in or out of a degree program, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. in, in or out. So, that, so it's not going to be restricted to a degree program. Mm -hmm. Well, the university is, and we, we do have a, we capture some of the information. It's 24 years of age mm -hmm. or older, mm -hmm. a veteran of the armed service, mm -hmm. Um, someone that's been out of high school for five years. We're trying to get these adult learners the adult learner indicators stuck to the student. Right, right. right. Mm -hmm. uh, and the system is, is doing that now for all right. those. I mean, you can do it by age. So it is right. on the ISIS by age and by high school and by military now it's automatically coded okay. on there too. I'm going to put Martha's hat on for a second here and say do we really want to not include the adult learners that are primary, primarily RI adult learners, some of which are full-time, some of which are not? Well, the question I would have is whether or not we'd be able to identify those easily enough in the surveys that they complete. Well, the adult learner indicator would help. It, it is not perfect or 100 percent. How do you identify if you're in a CE program? Well, that that's is the problem. We don't, we don't <laughs> want to go there. Right, yeah. now. right. Because, I mean, because we don't distinguish that. Right. right. You know? Once they're in a degree program, <laughs> yep. we don't institutionally Absolutely. distinguish don't. them. At one time, I think, maybe, but not. not We're working we can, on it, though. There is, We're working on it. There is <laughs> a, yeah, um, there is a way, I was on a team a couple of years ago uh, that identified any given semester, who is it that's taking their courses through CE, but that does not get to the point that Wayne wants to, to get to, so you're working on scenarios that I'm supposed to send back. They'll give us new location. I'm, yeah, it's my call. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but someone will, who's responsible for pulling the list of emails? That would be um, Rachel Stover and Kathy Coven would, okay. would generate your Right, so they right. would have to have, though, a set of rules right. that would mm -hmm. guide them on who to select. And that's because of that issue of those rules are going to include and exclude some of our people, mm -hmm. no matter what, mm -hmm. that we wanted to go to classes to be sure to get those people. Because we know in any given class whether they're an adult or part-time. We can walk in and say, okay, these people, we want you to do the survey. How old are you? Can you, can you, right, can you have all students in that class do the survey and have the survey then? Because so many of them will be traditional. Wayne, any given semester, if you, if you use that committee, this work of a couple years ago, any given semester, you would be able to find those students that are CE coded, and I'm thinking 
if you want to look at maybe, and I don't know how far back you want to go, if you want to look at, let's say, the last three semesters, then Rachel and Kathy can throw those students together and We could do that and see up. what the numbers look that like. That number, that, that um, might help you to try to look at semester and not overall. We could look at that number and see in the last three semesters and see what the total unique names we have. Right. And for those of you who don't know, that was a committee that met, met the year that Dr. Spanier was just extremely beyond beyond because he was worried we had over 40,000 students on campus for the semester that became true. Yeah. Became true. <laughs> but he said, I've promised. We're not going to have more than 40,000 students, and I think we have 42. And so then this committee came to identify exactly how many students we have on campus versus the student that's at the internship, the student that's student teaching, those, those kinds of things. So uh, I think we need to look at that, Wayne. That might be able to help you with your issue. So it sounds like, though, that if you go with this method that you're talking about now, that you would not be going into classes? That that, that's a possibility. Okay. My concern with that approach, even if that is the case though, is that we get a low response rate. Mm -hmm. And if we find out that the number of unique names there aren't like a thousand, but are more like 300 for some reason, then we're in real trouble. Yeah. So I think we have to keep open the option of going into classes <laughs> to get them. Could I just ask an understanding question? So it's not that students are going to be able to complete their surveying class. It's that somebody would go into class with a nice handout card that would say, please go to the computer lab or go you know, home and access this. Well, you could. That, we actually talked about having them do it in yeah, class. Figuring out, figure, figuring out a way to to get have them do it while we were right like and take laptops hard and tell them to go somewhere else or go at home still, they won't yeah. do it you're right but to get but to have the computer right there is really well, maybe uh, we can the computer the 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 computers always the town and tell them to get it they have to go but what do you do when you've got this classes that have your not your adult students mixed in with the adults no, we, we would deal. I mean, I'd just go in and say, you know, we need the first half hour for this other activity, or have the faculty member announce it a week ahead of time or something. I think we could. I mean, it would take some work, but we only have one we'll shot. Figure it out. <laughs> and we want to maximize the number of people. Could we? Could, could we um, have the students figure, fill it out, paper and pencil, and have someone enter the data? I don't know. Uh, you could, but that, it, it, it's, I wouldn't advise it. Okay. It's an enormous amount of work and I would imagine expense okay. because you'd have to hire somebody to actually do that. Yeah. Um, and also the error rate is higher because yeah. you can kind of go blind after a while trying, I mean they're just little, I'll show you in a minute, it's just little dots, I can show you now, little dots on a page um, and um, it would be hard. The only thing I was thinking that might help going in with just the card even would be, you know, students um, tend not to read everything that we send to them. I know that's a shock to some people, but but if you're actually in in front of them, a real person talking to them and 
talking to them about why we would like them to participate, you know, the possible benefits we'd like to see, that might help your response rate and a then little promise bit. Promise them a Starbucks coupon. Yeah, promise them a pizza coupon or Starbucks coupon. But um, or I can also see taking couple laptops to the classroom and have that kind of available before or after during the break or or whatever. Because we'll know how many students, how many of them are in each class. So we get, and, and there's, as Mike says, we're going to talk about no more than five probably in a given class, except in Belfon or out here. I have a question though. Have you ever had a conversation with Mom Levitz about um, doing it paper and pencil? Yes. Because really, there's technology available now to do this with the scan um, software. We have it upstairs on the third floor. We have the service filled out and we scan it in and it reads it, you know, right. extremely fast. We can do a thousand surveys a day. So, no levels might have the technology. Yeah, we've, we've had long conversations with them and, and it's, for them at this point, it's not, it's not something that they can do. So, something that they're not willing to do it because you know, it's a matter of getting the software. Oh, yes. <laughs> do we have uh, do we have a reward system too? I mean, what what's I mean, we, in, to, in the in the data that you sent me to read, that you talked about having uh, instructors give you know so many points for participating in the survey. Yeah, I I can um, give you just some overviews of some of the other ways that institutions have, have done this and, um, and the incentives they use. And it sounds like, um, what I'm going to suggest is that it sounds like you're not sure whether it should be an in-class room or whether or not the outreach using this new criteria to define the adult learner. So what I would suggest is, is I can just tell you a little bit about the experience of other institutions. Maybe then what we should do is, is break for lunch. And um, might, you might want to set up maybe a subcommittee to take this on and, and go forward okay. with that in terms of defining your, uh, the adult learner and then how you're going to reach them. Um, exactly what you said, there are some, there are some institutions that, that take classes to the computer lab, We've, so, which is kind of what you were talking about. You were talking about having in-class, but taking them down the hall to a computer lab faculty that will give, say, an extra bonus point for the adult students that complete the survey, and there is a way for you to find out who has taken the survey and who has not taken the survey. There's no way that you can see what they said, so if, if there's any issues of confidentiality with your students, we can see, you can see that they actually have taken the survey, but not what they said in the survey. Um, so if you've got mixed classes with adult students and, and traditional age students, there might be another exercise that the, the faculty member might come up with to offer that bonus point yeah. to the traditional yeah. students so they have an opportunity to earn it as well. Um, some cultures that have institutions that's like not anything that they could ever ask a faculty to do, so perhaps this place is one that they would be willing to consider that. Um, if you're reaching the adult students directly, um, just through their the email invitation, incentives are big. First of all, two weeks before uh, you actually send them their passcode with the link, I would recommend doing, unless you're going to do this direct um, in, in the classroom administration, really talking it up 
publicizing it to the adult student population. Heather, I think you mentioned a bunch of ideas we've already come up with, postcards, having people call, call them at home, um, those kinds of things, posters, announcements by faculty in the classroom, encouraging the adult students to, to do that. Um, and then incentives. Now incentives, um, you don't need a big budget for it, and schools have done it in all shapes and forms, whether it's a $10 gift certificate or coupon to the bookstore. That's been one um, that maybe 10 or 15 people can win out of the people that complete the survey to a big ticket item like an iPod or a Blackberry, so that one student might win that out of all the students that complete the survey. Gas cards are big with adult students, especially with high gas prices. Starbucks cards are big. Um, you, you probably know what might ring the bells of, of your particular students and what might make them say, oh, that's worth 15 minutes, 20 minutes of my time. Um, so that can really um, boost your, your response rate. But again, the in-class administration is by far going to give you a much higher response rate than, um, than trying to reach them via email individually. And you said uh, 15, 20 minutes, is that a typical time to take these? Yeah, 15 to 20 minutes. I would say 20 minutes, just so they don't get mad that it took them longer <laughs> than 15. At least that's when we've had our, our pilot groups, that's how long it's taken them to complete the survey. So, any other questions? In this area, I know you've got some more thinking to do about it, um, but it sounds like you've already got a lot of thinking done and a strategy somewhat in place. It's just a matter of refining it or um, just making sure that there isn't another strategy that's going to fit right. better. But it, it sounds like you're in great shape. Should we have decide on the people who will be on this uh, committee, subcommittee, to define the adult sure. learners? Good idea. I would be, since I'm, I'm the uh, project mid. What about you, Heather? I'm happy to be on it. Okay. Anybody else think that they can add some um, advice? How to identify them? I was, I didn't have any um, idea, so, so I can't say I had a freaking subject, but I was thought we were talking to the adult learner community at University mm -hmm. Park total, mm -hmm. including CE. But now we're, we're kind of, right. uh, first step is the CE population, right. which mm -hmm. may, there's going to be some blended in that, yeah, that, right. you know, doesn't, I mean, that still, the results will be useful um, and everything. So, and it gets the point when the University Park population is is pulled in and we start talking mm -hmm. about that population, I think yeah. I could be helpful. The real reason we wanted to do that was because um, the adult students who are more RI students are oftentimes students who moved here to go to school here. And that's not our population. Right. No, I'm, I'm thinking, a different population. Right? I, I think, Becky, that um, I'm, I'm I know from the adult uh, data partnership group that Dan Stoichescu, who now reports to Rachel Stover, is mm -hmm. extremely adept at working with the data warehouse mm -hmm. and maybe being able to kind of double check or give a gut check 
Yeah, this is a, because he, um, in working with adults, so uh, if we think we're going to go there, and maybe it's Kathy Coven mm -hmm. instead, or maybe it's both. Yeah. Um, I was thinking that they should be included. That's six people, so um, that should. Maybe I would suggest that instead of the two of them, maybe when you do me, make sure you include Rachel um, in that. And then she would be the right person to say, yeah. hey, Kathy is the okay. person or, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, communicate that but to Kathy or the pretend, but I think would be the good She will be able to tell you, you know, what you can and cannot do. Okay. One thing that may be obvious to someone else but is not obvious to me, are we going to do both of these surveys concurrently? Um, I would recommend that you do what we, to at least do both the ALI and the ISAS within the same semester. Okay. And the okay. reason for that is, is that you want to make sure that the experience that you're um, getting, that the students are talking about, is the same experience that you're assessing yourselves on. Okay. So if you make some policy, say you make some policy changes and then you use the ISAS, then you're not comparing. Right. Apples to apples. Okay, but it just has to be in the same semester. Yes. It doesn't have to be. No, it doesn't within okay. the exact and, and same. And my understanding is we only submit one institutional, not individual. So the not group together. The institutional self-assessment survey. You survey is one. one survey, and okay. yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay, mm -hmm. I did, that would be interesting. Really? Yeah, it would be a group then with and different people in the group having different perspectives. So getting it down. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fun exercise. Lots of people. Yeah. Do you reserve Our rooms for us at Penn State or Stay at home? We get conference. Okay, so can we set now? Um, does this seem like a good place for lunch? Yeah. Okay, why don't we do that and. Why don't we take about 20 minutes for lunch, and if we're not finished eating, we can keep eating. And of course, I'm going to even impinge on your time even more, just to help us along. In your notebooks, on the front, you will see something that looks like this. This is the adult learner inventory um, printout. It's not pretty because it's really not designed to be on paper. It's designed to be on the web. One of the things that we're going to be doing right after lunch is talking about those 10 open items I mentioned. Um, like I said, you don't have to have them, but they're there. You can do one, you can do 10, you can do four, whatever works for you. So while you're eating, you might want to just look through this and familiarize yourself with what the items are here. So if there's something that jumps out at you that you want to include, um, you can do that. Um, I'm also going to pass around, um, I have examples of customized items that another institution used um, that they put together. So these are actually items that another institution used for um, their open items, um, which may or may not um, work for you. You can use these or you can, um, they might spark something in your mind about.